viewer discretion advised. Refrain from watching if you're short-tempered or get offended or annoyed easily, or if you're under the age of 18. Also, don't watch if you're touchy on the following subjects, such as mental health, suicide, firearms, veterans, dark humor, swearing, violence, war, small parts of political and world events. The host, co-hosts, and guests are not professionals, so anything mental or physical health-related topics mentioned on Asylum Arms, take with a grain of salt and contact your doctor or therapist for advice or questions on those subjects. All right, welcome back to Asylum Arms. This is episode 39, and today we got um, Angry Sergeant. Bobby Sergeant, what would you like us to call you on this episode? If you don't want, everybody just calls me angry for short, or just my first name, Chris, is fine. Okay. And then, as you as always, we are sponsored by Audible, and with Audible, you can download titles, download titles, listen offline anytime, anywhere. The app is completely free; it can be installed on all smartphone, tablets, and devices. And if you are, and if you need to close out the app, you can listen across the devices without losing your spot. And if you can't decide what you want to listen to, don't worry. Audible has a big variety of different ebooks, comic books, um, story-based things. They also have podcasts like Asylum Marmot is also on Audible as well. Um, and then yeah, and then you also get credits every month. You get so you get credits, and those credits you can use up to one year to binge watch an entire series if you wish. So if you like to support the podcast, um, the link will be in the chat eventually if you're watching on twitch but if you're watching offline it is in our link tree which are link trees in the description of every episode of the podcast all right and that was that how was your guys today good you need to fix your overlay i see this i have four person overlay on don't i yes and i will be right back my dinner just arrived good timing (laughs) overlay let me get my um actual right overlay on. That's awkward. I can find it. Yeah, the last episode we had, we had four people on, so. Um, you know, I don't care enough. We're just not doing an overlay. <laughs> All right. So, um, angry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what did you do in your time in the military? Oh, uh, well, I was in the, uh, army, uh, reserves for 12 years, uh, 31 Bravo. So military police combat support. Uh, like I said, I did that for 12 years, did two tours to Afghanistan, one in 2011 to 2012. And then I volunteered for another one in 2014. That one wasn't a full year. It was pretty short because by then, I think it was Obama was president at the time and they were retrograding a bunch of stuff. And uh, we decided, uh, well, we didn't decide, but they they made us come home early. Um, But I was just a weekend warrior, as everybody called us. Um, That way, if I could do it all over again, I probably would have gone active. But I did the reserve so I could still go to school and... Um, spend time with the family because I was married back then um, during that time frame. So I uh, haven't really done too much besides that. Besides, you know, while I served in the military, I jumped around from jobs. And of course, I did eventually go to school and get two degrees. 
um, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, what degrees do you have? So 2015 to 2017, I went to Rasmussen College. It was all online for graphic design, uh, specialized in web uh, development and interactive media. So like motion graphics, stuff like that. And the coding aspect of that degree was just basic since it was all web. So HTML, CSS, Java, PHP. Um, And then my second degree... I went immediately after that. So from uh, that was 2015 to 2017, 2018 to 2020, I went to Full Sail University and got a graphic design degree just for strictly graphic design um, and graduated in 2020. Um, Are you planning to go back to college for a coding course? Yeah. So I, I started a boot camp here on the 27th and I'm supposed, as long as I, you know, keep my head down and do everything to pass i mean i've got belt exams and everything i'll have to pass um i should graduate in august um and that's for data science so i'm be learning you know python and and some database frameworks and and visualization tools for data science just because i want a career change i'm kind of tired of what i do now oh that's fair (laughs) so you, you got a good bit of under your belt for technology wise yeah i mean i've I love learning. I can't sit still. Like I, my girlfriend will tell you, I, I, I can sit still and maybe watch a movie or something from time to time. And, you know, after a while, it's just like, I've got to get up and do something and I'll, I'll be on the computer either researching something or watching something on YouTube all the damn time, just trying to learn something. Um, I'm what they call, I get, I mean, I've got some skills now, I guess it could be classified as a, a master, but I'm that, definition of jack of all trades master of none i've jumped around like i said i jumped around from job to job all the time so when i was younger i did retail for like 10 years i was a field technician for a little bit uh i was a general automatic automotive technician uh i drove trucks over the road i've done all kinds of stuff and i just couldn't find my place in life and then i knew i wanted to be behind a computer so i finally called up dad and i was like hey you got something. And so, uh, I got into trust design. So I designed roof and floor systems, uh, for houses, but then I worked my way up to where I'm at now. And I work for a multifamily division where I design roof and floor systems for apartments. Um, and I've been doing that for like the past seven years, almost eight years now. And I've kind of peaked out on my salary and as far as I can go, because I can't really go management because of my tattoos and everything. It's just, I know some people would say that's discrimination, but it's just how the industry works. They want you to look a certain way because you're in front of the customer compared to what I do now. I'm behind a computer. A customer is never going to see me. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm looking at the career change and, and really chasing something I've always been passionate about. And that's just technology and, and code and design. So. Mm. so also with Python coding, there's a good bit of money to be offered in that field. Right. That's what... Yeah, go ahead. Out of the multitudes of computer languages that you have listed, um, what one's been your favorite one to learn so far? Um, They'd all been fun, and I mean, if it was before now, I would say HTML, just because of how easy it is um, to learn for web dev, but now that I'm learning Python, Python is just as easy, but I, I feel like it's 
it's more fun um, to learn, especially with everything you can do with Python. Like he was saying, you know, um, there's machine learning and there's, I mean, heck, you can even design small little projects and games, you know, in Python. Python can be used for quite a bit and uh, it's impressive. So most definitely... 3D, most 3D modeling games are run under Python. Yeah. So it's definitely a plus. And like you said, it definitely pays well. Once you get your foot in the door and you get some experience on your belt, you, you can make some really good money. Hmm. It's not a bad feeling to go into at all. And they're always looking for new people. Yeah. And my only concern, which I think is everybody's concern right now with technology, is the whole AI thing. But a lot of people say if you can use it as a tool um, to improve yourself as a coder, designer, whatever, um, then it's really not that scary. Uh, and then the other thing that was concerning was the data science. So data analysts and engineers are still steady and actually climbing for jobs, but data scientists have actually dropped in the past year for jobs. Really? Yeah. I didn't and, know like, that. and I found that out after I'd already applied, but I was like, it's whatever, because the program I'm going to, we're going to go through, I can come out and do any of it. I can be an analyst, a scientist, or engineer. It just depends on what path I want to take. So I'm not really too concerned. So I've got it, you know, in the back of my mind to consider. So I'm not going to just throw it out and not think about it, but it's not, I'm not going to have it at the front of my mind either, where it's going to make me worry and stress all the damn time. I've got enough stuff to stress me out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that on the, the stress part. Yeah. Um, so which one has been like the hardest for you to learn throughout the coding? From what I can remember, I don't remember any of it now. I need to take a refresher course on it. Um, from college was like Java and PHP. PHP was more of like the almost like a SQL database kind of language. Um, getting things transferred from one area to the next. That was a little difficult just of how everything was set up. I think Java is probably a little more intense. Your Java is definitely an intense one. They try to teach you that. In, at least in my school, they had a Java course, and I couldn't be bothered to take it because I saw <laughs> I was going to take it, and then my friend was like, yeah, don't take it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it, it can be. And with coding, a lot of people look at it. It's like just text, and it's like coding, if you can think math, like in a math, like if you can take in a math approach with coding, I think that helps for sure. But I don't I don't know. I think once you understand how code works, it actually becomes easier. But with that first glance, when you look at it, it's like, what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. Oh, just yeah. Um. So do you have any like um favorite stories about your time in boot camp? Yeah. I might have a, a few if I can remember them. I know first one off the, well, uh, trying to think. Uh, it didn't, ha I have one, but that was from a buddy's, that's a buddy's story. I don't, I don't, that wasn't happened during, that didn't happen during my uh, basic training. Um, Man, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I have any except for, you know, just, I mean, I was a ghost in basic. A lot, 
a lot of people didn't know who I was going through basic until like the end. I did OSET, so I did 19 weeks all straight through, did my nine weeks of uh, basic and then 10 weeks of AIT to become an MP. And, um, well, to be fair, in basic, isn't that how you want it? It's knowing to really know your name in basic, especially your Yeah, commanders. you really don't want anybody to know who you are. The only, <laughs> only time that they had my attention or I had their attention was, you know, I'm we were doing our FTX 5, and it was late at night, and we go to clear all the buildings and stuff, and we're stacked up on this one door, and I end up uh slipping on this concrete pad because it was wet i guess it had rained the day before or whatever and um i came slamming down on my right leg and i ended up being on crutches for a week they said i internal uh bruising or whatever but nothing serious so they put me on crutches just to kind of stay off of it um and so being on crutches i was kind of helpless so the guys in the bay like to take advantage of that and they end up throwing me in one of the like cleaning closets or whatever where all the supplies were at and they locked me in there so i couldn't get out well wow. drill so drill sergeants come around wondering why everybody's fucking off and laughing and doing whatnot around this door and come to find out i was in there so not only did they punish those couple guys but they punished me too they made me go outside and do whatever i could do during the smoking so they smoked all of us you know because it was in the military it's like not just one person everybody's accountable it's like well if that's the case you might as well just take the whole damn platoon down there and smoke us all if everybody's <laughs> accountable um i know i know hotcake can relate to leg injuries torn <laughs> acl last week of basic oh didn't finish I, the tear until like halfway through ait Ooh. I told I tore my LCL twice in Afghanistan. Ooh. Yeah. For the first initial it was on a PT test. Because I was in Bagram. I was in Bagram for both tours. Um and no, I take that back. It wasn't it wasn't my first deployment, it was my second deployment I tore it. Um we were doing a PT test and I took off running and my leg just it just locked out. And I was like, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> Come to find out. I tore my LCL. Was on crutches for about a week and a half, two weeks, until it healed up enough to where I could start walking on it again. And then somehow I, I ended up tearing it again. But I've been to the VA. They won't do nothing about it. They're like, oh, you're good. It's healed up. It's not going to affect you. That was like a VA thing to say. <sighs> yeah. Mine was... The full tear actually happened during PT. Warm-up drill. Oh, man. My leg got stuck in the frog leg pattern. Oh, I, I can only imagine, especially being your ACL. Ugh. And, you know, I'm 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. You know, young and dumb. I forced it straight. Oh, I that's shouldn't a have done horrible that. idea. Yeah, I should not have done that. Young, young and dumb right there. Young and dumb. <laughs> God, you were my age when you did that? Uh-huh. I, I didn't do mine until I was like in my mid to late twenties. I bet you made it worse by doing that though. Well yeah, it fully tore. 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting when when uh, you know you hear one doctor say, "Oh, it's a partial tear. I'm going to send you to an outside specialist." And the outside specialist comes in and goes, "Partial tear? No, you fully tore it. You need surgery." Okay, it's just <sighs> a partial. It's okay. Nope. Um. Okay, so. What are some games that you like to stream? Yeah, I was doing when I first started. Uh, I was doing a lot of like first-person shooter stuff, um, or even third-person too. Because uh, with I met uh, Gut Truck Dylan. I met him through the regiment, and uh, he was a big PUBG guy. So I got back into playing PUBG because of him. Um, I'm trying to think, what else did I play? Why can I not think? I played a lot of PUBG there, I guess, at the beginning. I, I was playing some Rainbow Six Siege. I was trying to teach myself last year my, uh, mouse and keyboard. That that was a blast. That was fun. <laughs> Growing up as a controller kid and trying to learn. There's just too many freaking keys, man. It's a pain in the butt. You want to talk I, about too many keys? Go play Tarkov. <laughs> yeah, I do. I want to learn and I want, I, like, I want to love Tarkov because it's my type of game but the problem is it's so hardcore and the fact it's on pc only i can't do it i can't play it because it's just too many freaking keys i've grew up on keyboard so for me it's relatively easy yeah i feel like i should have done it the other way around because i feel like it would be such an easy transition to go from mouse and keyboard to controller obviously but from controller to mouse and keyboard it's just like what <laughs> you can ask hawkeye hawkeye see me play on controller i suck at controller really <laughs> I suck at controller. Once I, I would, taught I, myself, once I taught myself mouse and key, though, I haven't been able to go back. Yeah, because, um, for for <laughs> example, all my friends yell at me because I play Dark Souls with mouse and keyboard, like the original Dark Souls. I play those no problem with mouse and keyboard. Everyone else does controller, <laughs> and they're like, "How are you not dying constantly?" Like I grew up on mouse and keyboard. <laughs> So, I guess there's some benefits to it. Yeah. I feel like I would have thought like going the controller from mouse and keyboard would have been so much easier. Less buttons, easy easy mapping. But It's just the um, hand movement is different with the joysticks and stuff. Oh, yeah, true. I guess I could see that, yeah. Because they're not moving a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I could, with mouse and keyboard, I could never find that comfort zone of like either mm. using my whole arm from the like well from the elbow to the wrist or just wrist movement. I've seen people you use both ways, but I just I could never find any kind of comfort in either position. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And then you can also get a wide variety of keyboards now these days that like no keyboard's the same. It's oh yeah. Weird. Yeah. But what's the um doesn't it, it starts with an A? I can't think of it. it's off the top of my head, but there's like a thing. It looks like a hand that you put your hand inside oh, of. Oh, yeah, it... I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know the name of it, but yeah, it's fucking weird. That's all I can say about it. Uh, like yeah, seven hundred dollars. Oh, it's pop. that that weird yeah. little mouse thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, Crazy's got it, one. If you guys know it's... Crazy Eyes is, yeah, I do. No. I've uh, heard of them. Yeah, he's a veteran too, and I've I've watched some of his streams, and he actually uh, has one that he uses. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Hawkeye. It's basically a mouse 
and keyboard all in one. Yeah, it's it's Jesus. weird. It's a fucking weird contraption, but people have used I've known people to use them and supposedly they work really well in shooters and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you have to reteach your hand how to basically do something though. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could look it up. Uh, Azron. Yeah, they're not cheap. I know that. Yeah, no, they're not cheap at all. They're like easily over $200. But yeah, they're called Azron. A-Z-E-R-O-N. Um, I think is how you pronounce it. But yeah, it's the craziest looking thing I've ever seen. Mm. No, when I first saw that, I was just like, um, right, I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> Maybe down the line, I'll buy it to try it out, but right now I've been teaching myself how to play Mortal Kombat on a keyboard and mouse. Oh, fun. <laughs> uh... <clears throat> you had a question to sound like Hawkeye? No? no, no. Okay. Um, do you yeah. have any favorite story from your deployment? Um, first one in general. First one was kind of boring, and to be honest, I I was um a part of a battalion that was they were all MPs, but they weren't thirty one Bravo, so they weren't combat support. It was all thirty one Echoes, which was detainee ops. So it was all a bunch of cage kickers working in a prison. So it was like being a corrections officer. Um, so that was like my entire first deployment and so i was the linguist manager for the first half of the deployment i did so well to train up my replacement so while i was gone on my two-week r and r back to the states when i got back my sergeant major was like well uh you did so well to train up your replacement he's doing a good job he did a great job while you were gone i really need you over in this area and he made me the ncoic of records so he stuck me over in records for the rest of my deployment. But it was, it was kind of cool, and it kind of sucked at the same time. But I mean, records, yeah, it was fun putting all that stuff in, in the BAT system. We used the BAT system to uh, take pictures and record everybody that was coming in that was a new detainee, new prisoner. And um, so I helped with all that crap. Now, that's the part that sucked, bringing those guys in, throwing them in the shower. Well, we didn't throw them in the shower, but we had a put them in the shower room and stand there and watch them shower um, to clean themselves and then get dressed and then have them come in and then we'd scan their retinas and fingerprints and everything else. The cool part of that job was getting to meet the guys that brought them in. So like special forces, uh, the PJs, FBI, CIA, um, you name it. We probably dealt with them and, and met them uh, bringing those guys in. We actually had two guys one of them was already there. They called him Crispy. We had a detainee that had been there a few years before my unit had got there. And uh, he got hit with a Hellfire missile. And 80% oh. of his body was burned. But the fucker was still alive. <laughs> um, it takes stubborn to a new level. Yeah. The <laughs> other guy, I got to and process him in. Um they they had him in cash for like 21 days because they were trying to get him together before they could either even bring him over to the facility 
and he had staples all up his leg, up his stomach. I think it even wrapped around his side. Uh, he had the what they call it, the million dollar shot where you got the shot in the butt cheek. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So what happened was this guy and his brother used to be part of the ANA, the Afghan National Army, and they decided to turn against the U.S. and their their fellow soldiers or whatever um, members, and they ended up getting light up, uh, lit up by a 240 Bravo. His brother died. He survived, and that's why he was all jacked up and had staples all up his body and everything else. I mean, he was in bad, bad shape. I, I was like, how the hell did you survive this? But And I, I don't know if it was Army or Marine unit that caught that they turned on. But either way, he screwed up by turning against us, and they, they really jacked him up. So that was interesting to see and, and process that guy in. Um. We've probably you probably have heard the stories of people. We had female soldiers from other units doing. Uh, I don't know if I can say this on here, but the whole waffle, uh, waffle butt. Do you do you know what that is? We're eighteen plus. <laughs> we're eight, we're eighteen plus podcast. So <laughs> well, if you it's don't know what, if you don't know what a waffle butt is, it's when a female, or if, I guess the male, if you're into it. Um, takes their pants down and presses their ass up against the prison cell, the cage, and lets a detainee have their way with them. And we actually had a female soldier from another unit do that. Um, there was rumors that she ended up getting pregnant or whatnot. I don't know if it was true or not, but it was just crazy to me. So that was a crazy story. I was like, why? Why would you do that? These are criminals. These are guys that, you know, we're fighting against and you... You want to have sexual relations with them? <laughs> I feel like there's somewhere in their contract is against that. Yeah, I don't think that's in there. <laughs> I feel like there's somewhere in their contract that does not agree with those statements. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a gut feeling about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, second deployment, I can tell you, was really cool. We uh, So I was part of a QRF team. That was more combat support. Um, we were on Bagram and off Bagram, um, between Bagram and uh, Kabul. Uh, but the C-Rams that we have, this is the technology we have in the military is sick. And I remember we're all, this was, I think, near the end of the deployment. And we're having, like, uh, our squad leaders and platoon sergeant end up getting some steaks. So we're cooking steaks out there. And uh, next thing you know, we look up, and the C-Ram, they're like these dome things that have like some kind of I don't know if it's a 50 cal or machine gun like I don't know what the rounds are that this thing shoots but you can see the tracers and with these C-Rams track down like mortars and stuff and you can just see that just rounds going down range or in the sky and all these tracers just lighting up the sky because it's shooting down mortars that we had raining in on top of us while we're trying to eat steak <laughs> That's so for those that don't noise. know, for those that don't know, could you possibly provide a quick ex explanation on what CRAMs are? It's like a defense mechanism. I don't know what CRAM stands for. I, I could, I mean, I guess I could look it up real quick and tell you. 
To be honest, I haven't heard of CRM before. Maybe. Maybe. It, uh, counter rocket artillery and mortar. So oh, it's it's okay. it's a uh, aerial defense, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's all aerial. And we had them on Bagram, and they're they. If you ever find a picture of them, they they're like a weird capsule dome looking thing, and the gun I think is attached inside, but it's pretty much covered. But I think inside the capsules, pretty much all the technology that runs the system. And yeah, it's just all aerial defense. Shoot stuff out of the sky. Good shit. <laughs> yeah, the shit was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> As you're just sitting there that's eating a, steak. Yeah, a once in a lifetime thing you'll get to see. <laughs> it's the only thing I liked about the military is, you know, I got to experience a lot of cool shit and, you know, shooting weapons and seeing the stuff overseas explode. And I mean, we from a distance, you could see... You know, Apache's taking off, and next you know, at nighttime, a mountain way off in the distance just getting lit up by these Apaches, and they're, you know, they're sending everything they've got down on it, and it's just glowing orange. It's pretty badass. Um, one last story I think I have for my second deployment is the worst day of our lives was October of, uh, it was Halloween. So, uh, Halloween of, of 2014, we got hit. Five times. Jeez. And we had just handed the facility over. The funny, this is funny too. My first deployment was all in Bagram at this prison. And then my second deployment, we end up going back to the exact same damn place, to the exact same damn prison. And I worked half of my deployment in that prison again. But I was doing, I was working with the A&A, that second deployment before uh that mission was over and then the rest of our mission was qrf and psds which is private security detail um outside so anyways we just handed the facility over to the a a since again it's the afghan national army and um they ended up hitting us with mortars and direct fire five times somehow they got through and past the c rams and everything else and it was just an all-day thing. We, we were on high alert. One of the rounds did hit the prison. It hit the Delta unit, um, cell unit, hit a steel I-beam, and the shrapnel had fucked all those guys up. Luckily, we had no U.S. on the inside because, like I said, we just handed it over to them. Um, I think there was like 20 to 30-something casualties to KIA. They were just filling... I didn't get to see it, but some of my buddies were telling me that they were just filling up white pickup trucks with these guys, and you could just see just the white trucks covered in, in blood. It was just ridiculous. Um, and they were trying to, you know, medevac these guys out of there and over on main base to the hospital and everything else. Um, and I was, on, I was on QRF, so we were pulling, you know, security all day. Well, mm. by, th by then, I had earned to become alpha team leader and my squad leader had put me on an extra shift. So I pulled over, I think, 20 hours that day. It was almost a 24-hour 20, shift. And so we went to ECP, uh, ECP4, which is a checkpoint. Um, and <laughs> this will probably make you guys laugh. I was known as the Powerpuff Girl team because besides me, I had nothing but female soldiers in my truck. My driver was a female. My gunner was a female. I was the TC, 
but I had a, another specialist with me because she was, they were training her because she was up for her five and they wanted her to learn the TC role. So I was teaching her. Um, so I had a truck full of females. I sent two of them to go get chow. So I bumped, I jumped up in the gunner seat and I still had my driver with me. And that night I had a RPG fly directly over my truck and ring the entire side of the turret. And I end up going deaf in my right ear for like six hours because of just how the high pitch, I guess, from the, the rocket going over the truck. It hit, I think that if I remember, they were saying like 50 to 100 meters outside of my truck. Um, I didn't get anything for it. It wasn't nothing, I guess, too serious where I got any kind of medals or whatever, which I didn't care. I just was happy to be alive. But it was one of those moments where I look back and I wish I would have done more because I was just... I was frozen in state because it was the first time I ever had something like that, you know, happen. Have freaking RPG fly right over my head. Well, and it's I think like... almost anyone would be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I think Look almost anyone it. would just be like, uh, what the fuck? You, you see that and you're like, is that exactly what I think it is? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, by the time I go to grab the radio that called in, um, the alarms were already going off and someone else had already called it in. Um, and, and I could hear, you know, whoever was in charge coming over the radio to us and whatnot. So we had to scram and, and pull security uh, once we, we got hit. But that Halloween, man, 2014, that was a rough day. We were busy. I was like, it. so Jesus Christ. Mm hmm. <laughs> Rest, rest of the deployments were uh, easy, laid back, normal six and one shifts, about 12 to 16 hour shifts. Had six days on, one day off, if you got that, if you were lucky. Mm -hmm. Um. So do you have any advice for someone that's wanting to go into the army or in the reserves like you did? First off, I'd like to say good luck with the way the military is today. Um because it's definitely different from when I went in. I went in, I signed up July of 06, and then I left in 07 because I had to wait for my braces to come off. Um, but if you're looking to join the service, make sure you're doing it for the right cause. Um, not just for, I know some people like to join for um, the wrong reasons, either it be benefits or they maybe have some other, uh, somebody else pushing them to to join because of the benefits. I know some people have gotten married while they were in just for the benefits. Um, I know some people join just for the college reasons. Make sure you do it for the right reasons and, you know, keep your head on a swivel and understand that a lot of it is, they say, what, 80% physical or mental, excuse me, and... 20% physical because um, they really mess with your head. And, you know, when I went through, it was it was tougher from what I hear how it is now. I mean, they're going to work the crap out of you. Um, they're going to push you beyond your means and your limits that your body and your mind can handle. But um, you got to look at it as they're just trying to make you a better person. I think. I don't regret ever joining because of the discipline and the structure that it gave me as a person. 
um, the young Chris before the service wouldn't have walked miles to go anywhere. I, I would have preferred to have a ride or I was just lazy and to myself and, and I didn't have any proper way of, you know, planning certain things in life. And now that I've been through, you know, I'll take care of anybody in a heartbeat. Uh, I'd walk a thousand plus miles to get somewhere without a vehicle because of all the ruck marching and everything else we did in the service. Um, I know what my body is capable of and not capable of because of the physical, physical aspects that they've pushed me through in the service. Um, so I, I think that's what I'd, I'd say to somebody is just keep your head on a swivel, understand they're just trying to make you a better person with some structure and some discipline. And, and hell, at the end of the day, you do get some benefits. I mean, I'm grateful for the GI Bill, so I could go to school and get my two degrees. Very well said. Thank you. It's a tough question. I mean, I think there's a lot of things you probably could say, and you probably worded a a different... I'm sure after this, I'll probably like, well, I probably could have said this too, but... (laughs) It's what we accent every episode. Typically, everyone has a different response to it. That's why I like, you know, it's all... Everybody has a different mindset and a different view of something. Um, so it's nice to hear the different voices and, and that different point of view because you, you never know. You know, there might be somebody that may come across and be like, there, that was the voice I needed to push me in the right direction. Or that might have been the advice that I needed, you know, to, to hear in my daily life. Mm. Um, so... Did you do consecration right after military, or was there like a time gap between military and streaming? So there, uh, there was a huge gap. So I got out. I ETS in May of 2019, um, and then I finished school in 2020. I've just, like I said, been working as a trust designer for the past seven years. Um, my girlfriend that I'm with now is the one that pushed me into streaming. It was something I looked at. It was something I always wanted to do, but I was nervous to be in front of the camera. Um, Mm. and she just like, I guess got to the point of like either shut up and do it already or don't talk about it ever again in a nice way. Um, so I was like, okay, so I got everything that I needed to start. Um, and then just built on upon that, and it went better. I mean, I, the first few videos were probably nerve-wracking and whatnot, but then the more I did it, the more it came across people um, that enjoyed it, made it easier. And I think what really helped, too, is I give credit to the regiment because I met so many people through the regiment um, that were streaming, mm-hmm. and um, I think that helped, too, to be part of an organization right at the beginning of my content creation I guess, um, journey or experiment. I, I can, I can kind of, uh, relate to that story a little bit myself. Yeah. Mrs. Hawkeye told you to go fuck off in the stream. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally staring at the go live button (laughs) said, I can't do this. She walked over, hit the button and ran away. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite moments uh, throughout your content creation journey that kind of still you look back on and uh, laugh at or reminisce or 
Uh, I I think the first funny was um, the problem is I because I stopped streaming and stuff. I don't have any of the vods anymore. But there was yeah. I think we hit fifty subscribers or followers. I think it was fifty followers. That's what it was. Um, I ended up my girlfriend shaved my head on stream, and she didn't do it the right way, so she kept snagging. With the clippers. Oh. It was with an old set of clippers, too, I think. So it wasn't <laughs> fun at all. But everybody was having a blast in chat watching me suffer um, and watching the hair go away. Um, closer to the end, I took a huge break and I came back. Um, there, on my birthday, we, we kind of wild out, had a party in here, and uh, shook my ass a little bit on camera, which I thought I'd never do. But... Um, for the most part, we kind of just <laughs> just sat back and played games. I, I mean, people say content creation. I, I guess I'm a, a lot harder on myself because I'm like, I didn't really do anything besides just sit there and and be a ear for somebody to talk to. And I just played games while we talked. Like, I didn't really go all out with a bunch of crazy stuff. Like, you see some of these content creators and they go all out. I just never could think of anything to do and then especially with the finances like it's just there's like there's no way listen there's people that shooting 20 hours a day because why I, I, good question <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's to each their own i mean everybody's different it just and i think that's another reason why i kind of quit too is like i'm just sitting here playing video games it's not paying the bills i'm not really being creative yes I've got people to hang out with that want to come and watch and chat. But at the end of the day, it's like, do I really want to do it or need to do it? And I don't know. Like I said, after December, when I got really sick, I kind of just called it quits for the time being. I told uh, my good old buddy, Bearded Yeti, uh, he's a streamer. He's a Fortnite streamer. Um, and he's very supportive. And uh, I give him credit for what he's doing. He's growing. Um not like rapidly, but he, he's growing. I think he's got like over 1,100 followers on Twitch, and his YouTube is almost at 400, if not over. So he's he's doing well. Um, but uh, shit, I don't know what the hell is. See, memory's going old. <laughs> it's like, where was I going with it? Oh, um, I told him that like after I got ill and stuff, it's just like I lost the motivation. Like I I haven't been right since then. So I just. I haven't decided to come back to stream, but if I do go back to stream, that's what I was saying. I told him maybe I'll record some videos of me coding and whatnot. So just kind of have those VODs for my sake. And if any, anybody that wants to learn Python or whatever, they can watch. But other than that, I, I'm not sure if I'll ever hit the go live button again. Hmm. Is there any games that you're looking forward to that are coming out this year? Uh, I don't know. I need to finish all the ones I have. Um, my parents got me the PS5 finally for Christmas. Um, I'm a, I grew up as a Sony kid, but at one point I, I made the transition to Microsoft. I got, you know, the whole Xbox and everything. I don't um, know. Yeah. Yeah. And I finally got the PS5 and I've been playing through God of War. I need to finish God of War. I want to go through and play, um... They had just dropped, what was it, last month or back in December? It was the, uh, is it Crisis Core? Where you play as Zack, part of Final Fantasy VII? I think I'm it's not on. Yes. Sure. Is it Crisis? Yes, I, I believe it's it is. Crisis Core, yeah. I still need to play through that. 
Um, I was going to play through the remake of Dead Space, but I played the old ones. And for the 12-hour stream, we had, you know, I had been playing through the Callisto Protocol. So I'm like, do I really want to play Dead Space? Because it's all the same thing. It's made by the same people. Um, so really, like, new, new stuff? I, I need to take a look, I guess, to see what the heck is coming out, because I... There's a lot. Um, during the Game of the Year Awards, they named off like over a hundred different titles this year. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what that they showed because I do remember watching it. I was sick as hell in bed. Um, still trying to recover from COVID. Um, when the they Game named Awards. off like an absurd amount of titles this year. <laughs> I know everybody's going nuts right now over the. Was it the Hogwarts, the Harry Potter game that's going, coming out? Yeah, it's divided, divided. There's two reasons why people are going nuts. One, people are going nuts over the people that want to buy the game because it's something one of the developers did. And then the others are going nuts about it because they like, they like Harry Potter and they want to play the game. And then right. right now, Twitter is just turned into a giant hate fest of Marty Green back and forth on you, if you should play the game or not. Yeah. That's usually Twitter in, in a nutshell. They're it, it, arguing it, about something. It is. It, you are correct on that. In my mind, I don't give a fuck. If you want to play the game, go play the game. If you don't want to play the game, don't play the game. <laughs> I know. I tell people all the time. Like, I used to say it on my stream all the time. Like, I miss the old days where we, we got games just to play games and, and bugs and all. Like, there's not these daily patches that companies were putting out back then. You know, you played the game for what it was, and if you didn't like it, then you just didn't play it. Um, until, you know, so they started coming out with some of the companies back in the day where you could go trade your games in and stuff when that started becoming a thing. But for the, the most part, we just we bought the game, we played it. If we didn't like it, hopefully we were able to do a return. If not, you were stuck with it. Now it's like everybody wants to bitch, complain, and whine about every little thing, and especially if it's something that involves their community. I understand stick up for your community, but there's got to be a line somewhere. It, it just, um, it aggravates me a, quite a bit that, um, people just, um, because of one thing a employee did, they just like, they just like, they just boycott the entire company and to go, I hate you for playing a game that this company made. Like, yeah. Do you it's know ridiculous. how big these fucking companies are? These are AAA games. Do you know how many employees these companies have? Yeah. Maybe. Like, yeah. one's bound to slip through the cracks. <laughs> yeah, it's and crazy. Very, very true on that one. Um, and background checks don't tell you everything. Like, a background check doesn't tell you everything, like future things. So, in all reality, they couldn't predict that what happened would have happened. I'm not 100% what happened because I didn't care enough to look into it. Yeah, I haven't looked into it either. I just knew it was it dealt with a certain community and that people were crying about certain things. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Like he, like, uh, Hawkeye said, uh, dealing with the, um, what do you want to call it? It's just Twitter. Twitter's just drama. Yeah. I had someone t just the other day was like, oh, it's so good to see you back on Twitter. I'm like, well, sometimes you you need a break. And I've never been a big social media guy, and I'm still not a big social media guy. I'm on there for work purposes or maybe portfolio or whatever, or just because just to have one, just to have one. But most of the time, you will not see me post a whole lot. Um, Same. I only use Twitter for sound arms. Yeah, just for the most part. 
I took a huge break there just recently because I was just tired of getting on. And the first thing in my feed is just nothing but drama, you, you know, dealing with genders or racism or whatever. It's like, Jesus, people get a life. Touch some grass. I, yeah, exactly. Touch some grass. <laughs> I wish it was. You... Can we go back to the 90s? <laughs> Things were easier back in the 90s. <laughs> And if you live in the desert, go touch some go touch some sand. I don't know. <laughs> touch yeah. something that's uh, no, outside. No, you don't want to do that. You touch don't want to do that. Out. Well, you know, touch sand. Just stay away from the camel spiders. Or you know the black widows. Oh yeah. Or scorpions. Or snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know the second side is you avoid most animals. <laughs> yeah. They're so small. back when um back when you were regularly streaming, did you have anybody that you looked up to in, in the streaming community, big, small, uh medium size size streams? Um during my streaming or just like in general? In general. D one high uh first the for, oh my god, I can't even speak. First name to come to my mind. Um, everybody knows him as Dr. Disrespect. Yeah. I watched him back in the H1Z1 days um, and PUBG's where I really started focusing on him. And uh, I, that's kind of like why I got into PUBG was because of Dr. Disrespect and just his creativity, his over the years, the production value. Um, even his teams inspired me as a graphic designer. Just everything about him and his team is just, it's amazing. And, and through all the bullshit that he's been through, um, I mean, some of it's his own doing, but then some of it's because when you become that big, you draw a lot of attention, especially a unwanted attention. Um, I give him credit for still pushing through and doing it all while having a wife and a kid. And like, I don't know how he does it, but, you know, he's... Well, no, he's done a lot of things. He, had, yeah, he has yeah, kids, his wife, he did streaming, and while he's doing streaming, he's also a developer with Sledgehammer. Yeah. And then now, now he owns his own studio. Yeah. Um, he, hell, he just put out his own black steel bourbon, which I tried to get and didn't, wasn't able to get a bottle. But um, yeah, him, it's all the top guys that everybody knows because they've been around for so long. They started at the right time, and that was Dr. Disrespect, Tim the Tatman, Nick Merckx. Um, YouTubers, you know, I looked up to like T. Martin. T. Martin's been doing YouTube walk through play playthroughs and stuff for years. I think he's in the same timeline as these guys, you know, seven to 10 years. Um, and that's when it was golden. And the thing is too, like I should have stuck it out back then. Cause I look back and it's like, if I really wanted to do this content creation thing, I should have stuck with it back during the black ops two times because YouTube was still kind of growing and becoming a big thing. And that I was like the prime golden age for YouTube. Yeah. I've actually still have some old videos on YouTube and I'll forewarn anybody who decides to go watch them. Just look up my name, Chris Holt. And it's all a bunch of old videos of when I used to be part of Ferrico gaming, which is, was a competitive team, um, for call of duty. And they are horrible. They're so bad. Like I hate watching them because I listen to myself and just how they were. It's like, wow, you could tell I was new. I was nervous. I didn't like doing it. I remember back then I didn't like anybody being in the apartment or in the house, whatever we were living in at the time when I was trying to record because I felt weird about it and stupid. But it's like, damn, I should have stuck with it because I could have been with, you know, how these guys are seven, ten years later.
could have been rolling mm-hmm. in the dough, but it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I would say those are the guys I, I really looked up to, you know, when I was younger um, for content creation. And then especially when I got into content creation, um, still look up to those guys. I still watch them to this day. Mm. Yeah. Okay, do you have any questions? You've been quiet for a while. I'm just, I'm trying to think because, <laughs> you know, I had like five different school assignments this week. So my brain's kind of scattered. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I'm working on some pre, they got like, so once I signed up for the boot camp and everything, they've got you at like for these pre-courses. So I'm completing those before the actual start date. So that's probably what I'll be doing tomorrow is more code while the girlfriend's at work. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some skills that you learned from your time in the military that you're able to take over into your current career? If any. So I'll say it's probably not going to be much. Probably basic communication skills, teamwork. And I mean, you're for the most part working as a team in the military. At least you should be working as a team while you're in the military. Um, yeah, not a whole lot transferred over to what I do now. If I would have gone the cop route on the civilian side, I think a lot more. Well, hell, if you went correctionals, a lot more would be happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot would have transferred over just knowing how to deal with those kind of people and, and those situations when it, uh, with that industry, that territory, but I saw a mortar barrage just firing on top of you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, you just got to fight some dude on some cell block because he doesn't want to obey orders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot of transfer over, but that's okay. I, I looked at the civilian cop stuff, but by the time that I was getting out, things were getting even worse. And I was like, I don't want to deal with all that. No, as you know, so it has some military advances and gets more and more different directions. So it's law enforcement. Yeah. Like, they both get the same amount of shit. Oh, yeah. As much as they're hated on the civilian side, we were hated in the military side, too. Nobody likes an MP. I got my crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy that no one liked. But so, rules are... uh, go ahead. So what's uh, what after this? Go ahead and finish your story, and then uh, what's some advice you could give somebody that wants to get into content creation in any facet? It could be TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, um, anything. If I could, well, I mean, I could do it all over again. Um, anybody wants to get into content creation, I think you need to see what your end goal is, your the future. I mean, we're, we're not going to know what the future exactly is. We can't dictate that. We can't um, portray, or not portray, um, trying to think of what the word is. Either, either way, we don't know the end, end result of our destiny and anything that we do in life. And if you want to get into content creation, I would say do all the research and all the planning before you pick it up. Um, that's one thing. 
you have to realize that like many things in in this world especially things that follow a trend become oversaturated very quickly um so somebody starting now you have to realize that there are thousands of people that are doing content creation or trying to do content creation so you need to do something that's unique um that's going to stand out among the rest um the other thing yeah. is understand that you don't have to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get started i mean you could use your phone um or just a cheap webcam um you could use a laptop most of these guys i know that stream like bearded yeti or gut truck they use their consoles they don't use cameras they don't have pcs um they just play their games right off their console and stream directly from the console because of the technology we have today you can do that mm -hmm. um so definitely, you know, plan, be unique, and understanding that you don't have to spend a lot of money to to jump in. Just do it. Just hit that go live button and do it. And oh, if you don't uh, like it, you don't like it. I was laughing people spend an absurd amount of money when it was just getting into streaming because the bottom line is your average content creator, they started off with not much. Right. Like for example, this mic and mixer, this these didn't appear until after I got into streaming and the podcast yeah. <laughs> because i was able i bought these with the money we've made from sponsorships and stuff so i right. just kind okay. of been putting the shit back into the into the company because i can call it a company now that's just weird saying though <laughs> that's cool though and that's that's one thing too everybody's different like I had a good full-time paying job making really good money so i could afford right off the bat the good stuff i've always been a techie kid anyways in growing up and wanting all the the high-end stuff um so if i felt like that was something that i wanted or needed i i dropped the money for it i wanted i did my research and i saw what people were using i used the the blue yeti uh yeti caster which is this whole thing comes with a boom arm and whatnot and it's, it was like 200 bucks I've got the common Logitech camera, which is what the C920, I think it is. It's commonly used. Um, but I do have a very um, expensive, well, it's not like super expensive how some of these people have like probably two, three, if not up to like seven, ten grand PCs. Uh, mine was $1,600 PC um, to, to get started. But that was because I could afford to do that right off the bat and i wanted to sound good i wanted to look good on the camera i didn't want to like not hate on anybody else but i it's just who i am i didn't want to have to fight things right off the bat i wanted yeah. a, a good clean start and a smooth start i should say right out the gate so that all worked out so i bought everything right out the gate and hooked it all up and then hit life <laughs> It is always funny when you get a bunch of contractors in the call and they all have face cams on and you just see every not, everyone has like a different mic or something and she's like, just a clusterfuck of technology. <laughs> Everybody's got their own personal preference. It's just a clusterfuck of technology. <laughs> Shit, I, yeah, I've got stuff all over the place. I, we, I, just, I, I just changed this office again. I wish if I still had all my VODs up, you could see throughout the year that I had my stream setup had changed at least four or five times. I started off here on this wall. Then I eventually went over to that corner there. And then I moved over to this corner. 
and then I'm back over here again. I just, I can't, I don't know. I don't know if it's an OCD thing or if I've got some <laughs> weird disease that where I can't keep shit the way it's supposed to stay with just one time. Like, I take after my mother, I guess. I remember growing up, my mom would, like, have the living room set up a certain way, and then three to six months later, she's changing it. And it's like, why? And now I do it, and it's like, why? Uh, one of my IRL friends, whenever he covers his house, his room's always different. Like, this fucker <laughs> changes his room layout, like, on the weekly, it feels like. Wow. <laughs> I guess, I mean, we just get tired of seeing the same thing, so we want something, you know, make it... I gotta, I gotta sit here and reorganize my entire office. And when I say when he moved his room around, he moved his gaming PC, he moved the cords, he moved the bed, he literally moved everything around. I, I know it's like a green screen, but I'm, I was going to say that your room does look like you need to straighten it up back there. <laughs> oh, I, I normally, I, I can't believe that nobody reminded me to do this. Uh oh. I mean, I mean, these aren't green screens. It's just Nvidia broadcast. Oh, I normally have this up for the podcast. Ah, uh, I don't have room for a green screen, man. Did I had one, but I hardly ever, I hardly ever used it, so I ended up selling it. Yeah, right there. That's not a wall. That Dude, is that's uh, your wife's chair. That's my oh, wife's computer yeah, I can chair. See it now. Okay, it's your wife's computer chair. <laughs> it's good you said something after the word wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have looked bad. She's currently at work right now. Ah. Uh, that's probably don't a good mind thing, it. Right? Don't mind that. This is his wife. It's okay. Yeah, don't mind. He's just beating his wife on camera. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. No, that, that That's how I get banned of... off of Twitch. <laughs> you you can take that out in the post edit. <laughs> right. It's okay. We're 18 plus. <laughs> we have um. Oh, yeah. Oh, like... allows the beating. I got it. <laughs> on the um on the um disclaimer we have for the offline we have a list of like a like literally a hundred different things like dark humor military we have we even put talk about military and veterans um yet we're military veteran first better podcast so yeah. if you're watching us without knowing that there's military involved you're a dumbass right <laughs> Learn you'd, be you'd be surprised some people don't pay attention the iq is very low wait wait what a veteran podcast about veterans what yeah what <laughs> i thought they were uh, about, i thought they were about doctors oh my god <laughs> oh man <laughs> fucking christ <laughs> So we ask this question in every episode. What is your favorite and least favorite MRE? I looked this up because I was listening to you guys um, just the other day. And I realized you guys asked that question. And I had to look them up because I couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> but I, I was looking at the, the numbers because I was like, man, it's been so long. I can't remember now. But I do know that... Um, Everybody says Chili Mac was their favorite when I was in. I like oh, I like the ravioli or uh, what? Just... We the... have one rule: you can't say veggie omelet is your favorite. <laughs> I was going to say that the veggie omelet was my worst. 
The thing okay, looked good. like that is our one rule here. It, it must be in your bottom list. It is at the very. It's not even on the list. It's so bad. It looks like someone threw up in a bag, packaged it, and put it in the box. It's so bad looking. Like who in their right mind takes that out and says, you know what, that looks fucking good. So when we um, get a limited time, when we get merch set up, we're gonna have a limited design. It's just and it's it's gonna have the M Murray on the front, and it's just gonna have hate veggie on on the back, and every vet's just gonna buy it. <laughs> it's so well, bad. Yeah, the make right that. color shirt for that. Oh yeah, I, oh I can, oh I yeah. can. Yeah, definitely. I didn't mind the. I guess my top one. I didn't mind the ham. The 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 hamburger one is like a square fucking or rectangle patty with two pieces of bread. You know, it looks like you got Wendy's in a bag. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's pretty much Wendy's in a freaking bag. And then, of course, always the good stuff out of the MREs, the candy or whatnot, was expired. All that stuff most of the time oh, you was You want expired. to talk about expired? Talk to Pool. Um, Pool got um, pulverized M&Ms. Like his M&Ms were powdered because they were using um, Vietnam at Murray's. That's disgusting. <laughs> so, See, I was a big M&Ms fan. came out like powders. I, when I was in, I was a big fan of the Buffalo Chicken. Okay, I never had that one. I don't know if it was even available when I was in. Might have been. I don't know. We didn't even get MREs that much. I got MREs a lot going through basic and AIT. And then oh, there yeah. was a there was a few times, depending if we were doing land navigation or a weapon qualification weekend um, and deployment, there might have been a few times. But because I got the comfort of being on base in Bagram, like we had a chow hall. So MREs, it, it wasn't often. What was your um, normal day-to-day food then? Or while I was in the service? Yeah. Oh man, they like so their chow hall, especially overseas. It was all um, the defac had your basic like chicken and and whatnot. And I'm trying to think, there might have been some days where they had spaghetti. Um, of course, for the holidays, you know that you've seen you've seen it everywhere where they would have the turkey or ham or whatnot. Um, they had like burritos. Um, I think they had tacos night one time. I think they had hamburgers and stuff. They had all kinds of typical normal food we'd eat here in normal the states. Deli food. Deli food. I normal don't think deli. <laughs> Not deli, but normal like grocery store deli. So I should say. Well, yeah, I don't know if they even had deli food, if you could make your own sandwiches. I don't remember. And then, of course, everything was labeled, too, with a color. So it was either green, yellow or red. Obviously, the red being the worst food you could have for you. Um, And of course, the higher ups would always try to push you to to have the the better stuff because, you know, want, want us to stay healthy and fit while we're in. Understandable. Because they even had treats, too. They even had like desserts and, and stuff like that too and, mm. and people ate it i mean it's whatever you know it's food yeah <laughs> and especially on base over there too if you didn't want what the defect had they even had um pizza hut Domino's, um mm. subway they had some minor like 
fast food places. It wasn't the same as here in the States, I'll tell you that. It wasn't really that great, which was, I guess, a, a good thing, because then it made you not want to eat it. Yeah, that's understandable there. Yeah. I think I think that I recall, I think my first deployment, I think they ended up shutting down the Pizza Hut or Domino's, whatever it was, because they ended up finding, uh, somebody ended up finding a roach in their pizza. A roach in their pizza? Oh, yeah. that's always an interesting time. Yeah. Yeah, let me run a good call at my local Domino's, like, hey, there's a roach in here. I want... <laughs> I'd like to know when they found it. Before or after they bit into it. <laughs> what kind of roach are we talking about? We're talking about cockroach? I seriously hope you saw that before you bit into it. Yeah. <laughs> Those fuckers are big. Yeah. <clears throat> Most definitely. See, when I uh, when I made permanent party, I never I never could actually use the chow hall. Because because of my job. Oh. Who's there's traffic control? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that them some weird hours. Yeah. I could imagine. You know, go in at seven, get off at one. Yeah. Go in at one, get off at seven. <laughs> then seven to midnight. Oh. You got some interesting times there. Yeah. So I'm assuming you ate a lot of MREs. No. No. They never gave us MREs either. We had to buy oh. our food. Fuck. Screw that. And That's of course, right. you know, living in the barracks, you don't exactly have a kitchen. Yeah. It's open. So, you know, I bought a lot of food that was microwavable. What is this? This is the Salam Arms, our podcast. Um, yeah, um, so we're on that time now. Do you have any questions for us? Yeah, so what got you guys started in like doing the whole uh podcast? What made you want to do it? Well, I guess that's a me thing, since I act I am pulled to join the podcast. <laughs> so I guess that's the me thing for starting this. You start out uh you start out the answer, I'll give my my additional on the answer. All right. So with Asylum Arms, <laughs> um with Asylum I've always had vet friends and vet actually friends. I've always had them friends and I've also realized and seen what they go through, not only in their time in the servers, but also after their time in the servers. And ultimately, the whole purpose of Psalm Arms was trying to shame some of the bad narratives that people have on events and just to show them these are normal people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this year, we're going to, we're starting to open the door to first responders as well. Nice. So we're going to have a bunch of first responders on here this year as well. That'll but definitely no, keep it, and that'll keep it interesting too. Um, and like I'm to really happy. I'm really happy on how well this podcast is done. We have two sponsorships, which surprised me. We hit our one year anniversary last um last month. Congrats. Yeah. And um we've had over thirty different veterans and active duty stories out there. You being thirty nine. <laughs> Almost forty. Almost forty. <laughs> 
I'll take okay, the 39 compared to the 69. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll add my my little bit on. Rex asked me to uh Rex approached me about helping him with the podcast as a co-host. And I really I enjoyed what he was trying to do. I, I enjoyed the direction he was trying to take it. And um it's been a great time ever since. And mainly I'm kind of that guy that I can help people get open up or, or something like that. Yeah, every episode I've made it purposely set up to where every episode has me and an, a veteran co-host because I'm not a veteran, so yeah. I want them to feel more comfortable and be more open if they want to be with another veteran. And then also it's easier for stories to be bounced back and forth in a lot of cases, especially if they're in like the same field. But yeah, because we have two, three co-hosts. We have Hawkeye, and then we have K, which K is not on that much because his work sucks. Um, but we have K, which K is a um, Air, Air Force. Force. Air Force, oh, fucking. Oh. And then we have Pool, which Pool is a CB. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like there's Just a story. That... Oh God. <laughs> I think something was wrong with him. <laughs> Yeah, he's a C. We'd always got Master Chief. No Almost. But they said he was too broken. So. He was broke to begin with, mentally. <laughs> you're not wrong. He went in in like his 30s. He went in like 30-something. Yeah, you're not wrong. He went in in his 30s. <laughs> and I was in basic with somebody that was 42. Jesus there, Christ. There was, oh man, that reminds me of a story. I know we're running short on time, but uh, oh, you are good. We still got. I mean, that. well, at the uh, Meps, I saw a dude uh, going in. He looked like he was like sixty, seventy years old. It was crazy. But uh, the real quick uh, story may just reminded me because we were talking about age. The dude looked older. I don't know how old he was. He was really skinny too. But um, we had to put him on suicide watch because he carved a swastika in his forehead. Uh, excuse me. Um, I heard this correctly. Correct? Yes. I'll, I'll say it again. He, <laughs> he, he engraved, carved, whatever, a swastika a in knife? his in his forehead. I don't know. I just know. <laughs> I don't know when he did it. I just saw that he had it done, and we had to pull. And I was one of them that had the pull rotation on suicide watch, had him down there by the, the drill sergeant's CO. Yeah, that was fun. I, okay. I don't know how to respond to that one. <laughs> I think it, I think his ideal was he had to do something crazy to get out. I met him going through the end processing part before they take you to your actual unit location. And he seemed like an okay dude. Um, but then I guess after the first initial week, like week or two of, of, uh, red phase, he just, I don't know, I guess he wasn't feeling it and he lost it and he wanted to get out, get out, find a way out. I don't know. He, he never really said anything to me. Um, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. That's one way of doing it though. Just putting a swastika on your forehead. I want to talk about people finding, trying to find the fastest way out of basic. I got held over. 
into the next cycle because I couldn't pass PT. I always had an issue with push-ups. I was scared when I told you guys that I had that leg issue where I fell on it and, and was on crutches. Yeah. I'm like, great, this is what I need to be on crutches and get held over. But luckily I didn't. But I couldn't imagine those guys that got held over and had to continue to, to go through. <laughs> and Or the guys that got yeah. recycled and had to do it all over again. I got, it was like the second day. And nine people out of this new cycle come up to me and go, what's the fastest way out of here? Graduate. <laughs> There's got to be something. Look at me. I've been here since January. Yeah. It's now May. <laughs> There's no way out. <laughs> Unless you graduate <laughs> or medical discharge, go crazy. Oh, heck, even medical discharges were taking forever. My girlfriend's got a crazy story. Uh, she, I mean, it, I'm glad she's still alive and, you know, we were able to meet later on in the future here. But um, she was prior service, but she doesn't really have any stories or anything tied to her because she got out right at the beginning um, of her military career because she had a stroke. At a young Ooh. age, at nineteen, Ooh. at nineteen, I believe, um, she said she she nineteen. Yeah, so she, I don't know, a hundred percent. I'd have to, I guess, ask her again. But um, you know, the military they inject you with so much crap when you go in that her body um, didn't like something that they gave her, and she ended up having complications with it. But of course they they discharged her and it sucks too because they screwed her over it's not even honorable discharge it's not even other than uh honorable it's not a dishonorable it's like some weird classification i've never seen before it's like undefined or whatever um uncharacterized so she, yeah so she gets no benefits no nothing just a dd214 it says that she was in for that amount of time and out just because it happened during basic? Like, did it happen during basic then? Yeah, I want to say it happened during basic or AIT or something. It must have happened within, you know. Because I know during yeah, basic, the... you haven't officially signed your shit yet. Yeah. Mm -mm. Mm. Well, no, you signed your stuff before. Oh, do you? You sign okay. your stuff before you actually leave. Yeah, actually you sign. Okay. When you go to MEPS before they ship you off to wherever you're going, um, you sign everything there. Not only okay. take your oath, but you sign all your paperwork, all the contracts and everything else. And then um, they keep you like for me, they kept me overnight in MEPS and then or no, they took us to a hotel here in Raleigh. And then um, then we shipped out the next day. They bust us over to the airport and we flew because uh, I went to uh, good old Fort Lost in the Woods, Fort Linwood, oh. Missouri is where I did my basic in AIT. I'm going to say it was a few weeks into AIT. For her. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to ask her. Well, she just said it in chat. Oh, did she? Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's how we know, because she just said it in the chat. <laughs> I knew she was watching, because I saw her posted something on Twitter about it. So, I don't know. Rex, you, you feel like going over a little? Um, well, we started. If he nine has any late. other questions, we still got 10 minutes, man. So, yeah, we still got 10 minutes. 
I can't think of any any questions, honestly, unless there's anything you guys would like to share compared to what I've shared in the sense of maybe advice to somebody for life in general or, you know, for the one that is a veteran like myself. I always like hearing other people's takes beside mine. Mm-hmm. So your your advice. I wanted to I act uh, for the uh, wanting to join the military. Mm-hmm. I actually want to add something on to something that you said. Yeah. To make sure for it's for the right reasons. I want to make I want to add on. Everybody has their reason. Their reason may be the right reason. There's no cookie cutter right reasons for for anything. It, it's got to be a personal choice. You know, I've I've met people that went in just like you said, just because they wanted money for college. I've met people that were stuck in a bad spot. Yep. And needed that discipline to actually steer them back into uh clean living, I if if I say that. I've known I've known people that the parents that shipped them off to military. You know, personally for me, I got out of high school and I looked at my life and I'm like, okay, there's two ways that this can go. Left track, I left left side, I go go to college, get student loans, and you know, be happy with my life. Right track, um, we're not going to talk about that because there's quite a few. Things that could have went wrong on the right track. Or I can pave my own route. Looked at my family and said, I want to go down to the recruiting office. And served three years and now look at me. You're disabled now. Yeah. In the military. I I choose not to look at it as that way i mean i mean mean, yeah i mean yeah it's just in the military eyes you are i'm broken but yeah yeah. i'm married i'm married i'm this year six years you're in college for i'm in college for exactly what we're doing right now yeah it's cool and who knows where the life my life's gonna take me yeah, you're just in for the ride. We we don't know where life's going to take us. And I mean, I can kind of share the same thing. And like, you know, both my parents were active duty Air Force. My dad was a preacher's kid. I got my ass beat all the time uh, if I did something, you know, wrong. Um, we went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, visitations, you know, on Tuesday, Thursday, whatever it may be, church events, because they were just trying to bring us up right. Um, and... I had a guy in high school try to take me to the recruiter station, but I always dropped him off. I never went in. Now, originally, to tell you, I was going to actually be in the Coast Guard. It's what I wanted to, to do is go Coast Guard route, but nobody was in the office, but the Army guys were there. They're like, come on over here. We'll, we'll help you out. Um, so I ended up joining anyways. My mom tried to get me out of it a couple times, and I still ended up going. But the reasons why I did it was because I believed in something greater for this country that I love. And when I saw 9-11 as a kid, I believe I was 8th grade at the time, 
I was in eighth grade at the time. I was. I was in second grade. When I saw. Oh, wow. I, I, I won't speak on that. God, you guys are making <laughs> me feel old. <laughs> oh, uh, you want me to speak on that? I wasn't alive. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so you know, with nine eleven and wanting to do my part, I remember the guy that was you know doing my contract. He said something that's always stuck with me in my life is that. He could just look at me and he listened to my story on why I wanted to join. And he said, I can see a warrior inside of you and that this is the right calling that you, that you're making. And and that, you know, inside that person's determined to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And I've always loved helping people. It doesn't matter if I make twenty thousand dollars a year it or a million dollars a year, I would still go out of the way to help people in need because that's just the type of person I, I am. And right. so between that and nine 11 is the reason why, why I joined and it kept me out of trouble because to be honest, like you were saying, I looked at my paths and it's like, okay, do I do this military route or do I continue to chase girls and cars, cars and, and women were my problem. I should have went to the art Institute of Charlotte and instead I stayed back for a girl that I'm no longer with. I went through two marriages, divorced twice. Like women have always been my problem. No offense to you, babe. I know you're watching and listening. The girlfriend I have right now is amazing. She's supporting. She's loving. She puts up with my bullshit. Um, and I, I thank God for her every day. Um, because without her, I probably would. Who knows? Probably be somewhere else where I probably shouldn't be. But um and that that kind of goes into the advice too. Like, take a step back, look in or look in the mirror, look at who you are as a person, and 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 figure out which path you want to go, and and make sure it's the right path. Because look at who you want to be. Right. Yeah. Make see who you want to be, and make sure it's for the good cause, for the right cause. Um, because things can can go south quickly and really screw you up, and you really don't want to go down that path. Yeah, not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Me, I've only had one person in my family that served. That was my grandfather. My grandfather, that I know of at least. My grandfather, he served in Vietnam Navy. Which he also taught me a lot of things about veterans. And he always taught me to treat veterans with respect. I guess that's why I get along with veterans so well that I do. You can ask Hawkeye. A good 50% of my friends are veterans. <laughs> Besides my online friends, uh, I don't really have a lot of friends in, in real life, and that's because they either... I just happen to pick the wrong ones and they always use and abuse me, or they don't understand my mentality and look on life because I was military. I relate to that. I get al I get along with military way easier than I do with somebody who wasn't military because obviously we've shared something. Yeah, you know. Um, and honestly, it's it, it's real simple. Um, to get along with somebody that served in the military, and I actually have an interesting story to share. I had a uh, this last week. I had a group project in school, and my teacher drew names out of a bucket. Paris with their partners. I have my group partner and I just got done with the assignment last week or just yesterday, actually. 
Mm-hmm. And she looks at, she looks at me or she uh, plainly says, it's like, you know, going into this project, I was worried about working with you, but now I'm kind of not because you're very straightforward. Like, yeah, that's kind of the point. You know, I hear it. I see what the assignment is. I already get an idea and I want to brainstorm out the idea before we even progress. Yeah. I've always been straightforward and stubborn. Yeah, I can be hard-headed, stubborn. Uh, My best friend, hanging around him too much, I've kind of made me more of a blunt person than what I already was from being in the service. So I can kind of come off very strong-toned, aggressive, kind of like an asshole, but I'm really not. I'm probably one of the nicest people you can meet. But yeah. I, I get I get what you're saying, too, just the assertiveness. You know, you, you get an assignment or whatever, and you just want to tackle it. Your, your brain's already just working. Roll, 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 and move. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't have any time to sit around. <laughs> and it, I guess it's kind of, you know, one from not only from the military, but the job that I was trained to do in the military. Yeah. You know, because we don't have time to sit there and dilly-dally around. Mm-hmm. No, if you dilly-dally around, a, next thing you know, you lost a plane. Right. <laughs> Taxi it on the wrong <laughs> runway and crash into each other. I have actually seen somebody lose a flight of Hueys. Oh, God. We found them in Florida. <laughs> After about 45 minutes. I could only imagine talking to your higher up. Hey, boss, uh, you know that, like, couple million dollar plane? I don't know where it went. <laughs> oh, no, the controller realized at 15 minutes after it was supposed to call Oof. that it hadn't called. I tried to get into aviation. I tried to get back in and rejoin. Uh, this was right around the time that my girlfriend and I... Um, Cypher and I just started dating and I had I'd looked into uh going back, but because of my medical record and saw that I had been tested for PTSD, even though the VA says I don't have PTSD, whatever. They they didn't want the E6, the staff sergeant didn't want me jumping through all those hoops to try to get back in. So they they said, Enjoy your civilian life, but I did. I did, was looking at the aviation part because I wanted to go that route. <clears throat> Do something. Oh, I different. did have. I did end up having another question for you. Yeah, go ahead. So we've all heard it. We've all heard the phrase. You know, your recruiter lied to you. How many times did you actually end up hearing that in basic? Oh yeah, they used to say it all the time. You know, the recruiter lied to you, and guess what? You're now ours, and all this other crap, and. And you they just did didn't do the... your research properly as well. But at the same time, you take everything you say with a grain of salt. Uh, here's something I can add on to your advice. Everything your career say, take it with a grain of salt and do your own research. Yeah, if you're <laughs> going to join, make sure it's the job you want. Make sure if there's a job that you want that you didn't qualify, tell the recruiter to, to just it's not the right time. Go do your studying and retake the test so you can qualify for the job. Get the you job want. that you want. Some of these fuckers will tell you anything to get you in. Well, yeah, because they they've got to, you know, probably meet a certain quota as a recruiter and try to get people in. I mean, hell, look at our military now. We can't even get people in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? The the thing is too about like mine is I qualified for a crap ton of stuff, but for some dumb reason, I wanted to be a cop. <laughs> so, but I I qualified for all kinds of stuff. I could have done anything in the military, but for some reason, just being a cop sounded. Like it was the best thing. <laughs> I usually tell people if they're if they're looking at joining, take somebody who served with you. Yeah, or just heck, talk to somebody who has served outside of the recruiter. Don't talk to. Well, I mean, you have to talk to a recruiter, but like, go beyond that. Go find somebody who's still serving or have, like you said, have served or whatnot, and get all the damn data and information you can get before I you took sign my dad- that paper. I took my dad into the recruiting office with me. Oh, wow. How'd that go? And we both looked at the recruiter and went, okay, no combat MOS, but we will do support MOSs. Okay, let's see what's available. Well, the only available support MOS that came up was truck driver. With an airborne contract. Mike with a freaking airborne contract? Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> I'm I wondering. Don't know. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Are they going to drop but... that truck out of the AC 130? <laughs> All right. Here's your, here's your assignment. You're going to drive this semi out of this plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, they got parachutes. Just push Supply <laughs> <laughs> drop. So. <laughs> Recruiter actually called down to uh, some sort of like central processing place. Okay. Goes, hey, I need a support MOS that requires nothing higher than a secret clearance. Because I had a prior before I went into the military. And couldn't qualify for top secret. So bye bye chances of military intel. Two jobs came back, air traffic control specialist and behavioral health specialist. Well, that's a automatic. Vastly I know what different. I'm doing. Well, yeah, vastly <laughs> different. But at the same time, I would have been like, well, I know which route I'm going. There's no second guessing that. <laughs> My dad and I looked at each other and I went, I want the ATC. <laughs> so, I, yeah. so do you want to control planes or do you want to be a therapist? You <laughs> want to be a therapist for the planes. Yeah, if you want to be a therapist for plays, you want to be a therapist for veterans, and well, it would be active duty, wouldn't it? Yeah, and oh, yes. honestly, in that job, it'd be just an office job. Yeah, typing on a computer. Yeah, desk job. Yeah, this, that's what you wanted to join the military for, right? <laughs> <laughs> so fix all our problems. <laughs> so I, uh, I get to basic, and they go, "Well, your recruiter lied to you." In the back of my head, I'm like. Honestly, he really didn't. My recruiter was freaking cool, though. Yeah, I had a cool recruiter, and it was very fast. It was quick. Um, He did everything, you know. And a painless one, too. To make sure everything was ready. Um, I don't think, now that I look back, like, maybe there was some, some loopholes or some whatever that I didn't see that, maybe skipped out on but yeah for the most part i think mine was good there was um yeah i had one of my friends i told hawkeye this story already this has happened last year but i had a friend that um tried to get me to join the marines because he recently became a contruder a, a, contru- a, 
a recruiter, contruder, recruiter, not contruder. But he, um, I knew him in high school. With controller. Yeah, I knew him in um, high school, and um, he tried to get me to Marines, and legit, he wanted me to go to the Marine office and join. And he's like spamming my DMs about this. I'm like, how about you fuck off? I don't want to join the Marines. I'm not trying to join the military right now. <laughs> And this happened when I was just starting to sell arms too. I was like, I have this podcast that's starting to become kind of successful, and I can't do that if I'm deployed. And so yeah, it'd be a little tough. And the <laughs> the, in, the internet over there, if you happen to get stationed on a base, is extremely expensive. <laughs> like um, it's insane how much they charged us over there. No, my mother, and my mother ended up. And it got to the point that literally he's no longer my friend because he told me to fuck off for not giving him his bonus points for trying to get someone in the Marines. Like, sorry, I don't want to join the Marines. Well, yeah, I mean, that some of these guys got so pushy to try to like get refer somebody in because that was more money on their bonus or whatever, you know. So, like, um, no my offense mother looked him. at me. Marines were one of the last ones. My mother looked at me when I was going through this process and goes, you know, there's so many different branches out there. Why are you choosing army? I didn't have the heart to tell her that one, I'm not crazy enough to be a Marine. Yeah. I don't like crayons that much. Two. The army was the only other one in the recruiting office. Yeah. That's like I said earlier, like I went for Coast Guard. Nobody was in the office. The armies were the, the army guys, recruiters were directly up, across from them. They were there. I like, didn't want to hey, come over here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want I was not smart enough for the Air Force. But at the same time, my both my parents were Air Force and I didn't want to go the same route. I wasn't crazy enough to do the Marines. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. But when I looked into the training and saw the whole underwater thing, I almost drowned as a kid. And like I've never been big on the whole water situation, so that dream was out the window. Um, and they look at everything too, because I really wanted to go like Ranger or SF or anything like that, but because of my football injuries, uh, they threw that out the window. We've had so, a Ranger on the podcast, right? So what? Oh, you, oh, you, you guys have had a Ranger on the podcast? I think you. I think. I'm not sure if you guys have or not. I'm not sure. I haven't listened to every episode. I know we're not looking through this. This is bad. I'm forgetting this. <laughs> Horrible. This podcast has been on for a year, Rex. It's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to remember everything. But I, I like how kind of edits this stuff, and I don't even remember half the freaking. I, I know we've had a sniper. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a fun school to go to. Um, that's, I'm not that's the other thing is hating being a reservist like like I said earlier in the podcast if I could have done it all over again I would have gone active because as a reservist here's some advice too if anybody's going to go in go active because as a reservist or maybe a guard I don't know too much about National Guard but I think they're pretty much the same thing like reservists they, like, go in, um, they go in um, one week in every month for National yeah, Guard okay so same thing unless as they get deployed yeah, because for us it was once a one weekend of the month, and then there was a couple weeks out of the summer that we'd go for some annual training. Um, the but you don't really get to do your job that much. So if there's something you really want to do or schools you want to attend while you're in the service, go active. 
Because mm-hmm. you're more than likely not going to get them if you go reserve, unless the unit really has a position for it. Yeah. I am looking at my list on who's live right now to figure out who I'm going to raid into. It's been fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. I know it's been a, a pain to make it happen with all the, the pushing and everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you had to cancel once and then yeah, audio I issues. Sick. I was like, of course I get sick. I'm supposed to be doing this podcast. And then, yeah. And I, my ghost are issues. <laughs> yep. And then, um, after that, I had to cancel a few other episodes after that situation because then I got COVID. Oh, God. <laughs> During our one year anniversary, I was doing with COVID. Oh, man. So, Brex, uh, do you want to go ahead and announce uh, next week's guest? Um, if you have it, um, um, let me look at my DMs. I'm I'm almost positive if I could reconfirm today, but just just in case, I don't want to say something and not be true. Let me let me let me look if I remember. Hold on. Oh, what? Oh, I'm stretching. Oh, it's oh. so one thing that the chiropractor told me I need. Oh yeah, next week's gonna be strawberries episode two. Alright. Yeah, next week will be strawberries episode two. And we are gonna raid into Ice.